You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Happy New Moon in Virgo and now Saturn in Pisces. Remind everybody, this is a really big shift, the Saturn into Pisces that happened on the 7th. It is, you know, you might have felt it, definitely might have felt it. It's a it's a more long-term transit, so you also might not have felt it because it's going to be going on for a while, but we're really shifting into this new reality. Boundaries are breaking down and those dreams, you know, those Pisces feelings, they're coming into reality. So literally the best time to put your dreams into reality, everybody. I'm really excited about it. All right, let's talk about today's very cool guest, medical astrologer, Kira Sutherland. Kira is an Australian naturopath, nutritionist, herbalist, and astrologer who lives between Sydney and the mountains of Canada. And she divides her time between clients, writing, and lecturing on health, well-being, and medical astrology. I took a workshop with Kira this past fall with Astrology University on the lunar nodes and our health, and I was just so blown away with the concept of medical astrology that I just I started consuming pretty much all of Kira's content. And as somebody who really loves both health and wellness, and of course astrology, this combination was really amazing. You know, at a basic level, each astrological sign coordinates with a body part. And each astrology house also coordinates with the body part. And these can be really helpful clues in how to treat ailments and sickness and disease through lifestyle upgrades, through things that we can do. Now, as Kira makes sure to note, medical astrology is not a cure-all. It's a tool in the toolbox for helping someone work with their health challenges. And it's being able, again, like I said, to do something rather than just take some medicine. And perhaps you, you, know, you still take a medicine or an herb or some sort of supplement, but you can work with your body. You can nourish your body, your mind, your spirit, all of it through a lifestyle change, through an experience or a ritual. And she uses the example of, you know, say you see something really challenging in your fifth house of creativity and a certain ailment is showing up as it relates to that fifth house. Maybe you take on a new creative practice. Maybe you start painting or creating or singing, just adding more joy into your life and notice that it nourishes that part of your body that that was struggling. Obviously, I am not a medical astrologer, so I can't speak to it as well as she can. But what I really enjoyed about this is that, again, it's this doing. You can do things rather than take away or treat. It's like adding in more joy into your life to affect your health. We also talk about loving on the parts of our chart that need attention. Now, if you know your birth chart, you know you know those placements that you are like, ugh, man, I hate this, like this part of my chart, right? And 
this is the part that you actually want to give some attention. You want to nourish, you know, it helps it feel seen. And for example, you know, getting to know your moon on a really deep level so that you know the types of things to do to nourish your emotions and provide safety for yourself. You know, that's something that can make a huge upgrade in your life. I have to admit, medical astrology is very layered. So there's so much to look at and it can feel kind of overwhelming if you're looking at it for the first time. So Kira very helpfully suggests just studying your ascendant, your rising sign, which is your physical body, learning the the light and the shadow of your ascendant, learning the body part that coordinates with that and how you can nourish that particular body part. So some other things we talk about in this episode, how astrology and naturopathic medicine are combined um, in Kira's case, who else uses medical astrology in their practices, exactly what placements, what specific parts of the birth chart medical astrologers are looking at to understand health. The question of should you practice medical astrology on yourself or should you be seeking out a professional? Spoiler alert, you want to you wanna go easy on yourself, but it's okay to, to learn a little bit about this particular topic. It is just very layered. We talk about the function of the sixth house in medical astrology. We talk about learning to balance your lunar nodes. And finally, we talk about 2023, which is the year of the adrenals with this Aries North node that we're moving into later in the year, nourishing those adrenals nourishing our nervous systems, you know, per the usual. (laughs) Before we get to this conversation, big news on the yoga magic front, everybody. Coming in the next few weeks, you will be seeing us on YouTube. I've been working my, my little butt off to try to learn how to edit these shows so that you don't have to just, you know, see me slapping a zoom recording onto YouTube. (laughs) Seriously, podcasting, it's so glamorous. It's just a lot of editing. But really, if you're somebody who likes to consume podcasts on YouTube, watch the Yoga Magic Instagram in the next couple of weeks, and I will let you know when it's going to be live. And finally, if you want to stay up to date on all the latest episodes and offerings, make sure you're part of our email newsletter. You can hop on that by downloading the free self-care for your cycles workbook in the show notes. All right, you can follow us on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast. And let's get to this conversation with medical astrologer Kira Sutherland. Thank you, Kira, for your time. I'm such a big fan. I'm so excited to be talking with you. Thanks for being on the Yoga Magic Podcast. Oh, I'm super excited to be here. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Good, me too. Yeah. Um, I want to just start with your your journey to getting here and I've heard it before and I know that it's definitely like a, a journey but how did you get into medical astrology oh um sure so how did I get here I uh, have five back should I go um no I um <laughs> I started studying naturopathy in my really early 20s and naturopathy did have then, which is a while ago now, it did have a little more of a alternative bent to I mean, naturopathy is alternative, but it had more of a spiritual bent to it, which was amazing because I had already gotten really into spirituality and kind of alternative things in my teens. Um, growing up in San Francisco in the 80s, um, it was still kind of left over from the 60s, I guess. But I was really frustrated in naturopathy that there was no system to put things through. You know, everyone was graduating this four-year degree and then they were off to go do traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda because there were these beautiful systems and energetics. And I was like, well, where's our system? Our medicine is as old. And I was luckily already, I I decided to formally study astrology at the same time I wanted to do a whole degree in naturopathy because, you know, you got to do a lot all at once. (laughs) And, um, 
And I had always played with astrology my whole life. My mom is a scientist, but her best friend was an astrologer and a massage therapist. She used to like feed me little stuff when I was little. So I went, you know, I was doing astrology and one class was like, this is how astrology is represented in the body. This is called medical astrology. And this is this whole energetics. And I was like, wait a second, this is part of, this was part of medicine until 350, 400 years ago. You know, we put things through the elements. We look, you know, herbal books still have it. They look at the energetics of herbs and hot and cold. And some books actually looked at what planet was ruling what herb. And I was like, we have a whole system. We just don't teach it or we only teach it in a little history class for an hour. And so I was like, this is it. This is my baby. So I started studying by myself because nobody was around teaching it that I could locate at the time. I will age myself, but there was like, this is the beginning of the internet. No one was teaching online. Right. Um, so I found every book I could on medical astrology and just read it and started applying it. So I, uh, yeah, it was kind of this weird organic process that's just gotten bigger and bigger. And it's, you know, do I live by everything astrologically? It's a filter I put things through. I'm still very evidence-based when I practice naturopathy, but there's this whole other layer to it that just, I can't imagine not looking at a body energetically and yeah, astrologically. Mm-hmm. There we go. Did I miss any of the story that you already knew? <laughs> I just like hearing you say it because it's encouraging, right? It's like you yeah. found this at such a young age. And and to your point about you know, at that time, natrop- naturopath, how, I, how I'd say it in the yeah, U.S. That's right. Yeah, I don't know, Australian, go on. Is, you know, definitely something that at the time probably was more alternative, but it does seem like it's more and more popular now. People are, are excited about this alternative medicine. They're seeking out doctors. They're, they're willing to pay out of pocket for something that they know is going to be a lot more holistic. And I'm I'm just obsessed with this idea of applying astrology to it as well. How has that impacted, like if you kind of, I know you've worked with them together, but knowing that the medical side of your healing is, works with this more spiritual side, like how do they work together for you? Oh, that's a good question. Look, some, you know, I, I think it's like I said before, it's like this filter that I put everything through, you know, when I'm, even if somebody comes for a regular naturopathy consult and they have no idea I do astrology, um, it's still always in the background of my head. It's almost like a classification of people and their body type and their energetics of, you know, how they sleep, what makes them, you know, I, I don't even know. I don't actually think I can pull them apart anymore, right? Because it's so much about like, what are their core elements? You know, for listeners that don't know a lot of astrology, one of the big things is the elements, earth, fire, air, and water. And, you know, fire is about action and doing. Earth is about the physical. Air is about the mental and the nervous system and the brain and what we think. And water is about the emotions. And so even just knowing somebody's basic birth date, which you always get to ask, um, you know, for medical reasons, you have to know someone's date of birth. I already know the filter, the first filter they're going to put things through. They're a Gemini. So they're going to be a thinking person. They don't want me using a lot of feeling words. It's not about all this sensing stuff. It's about thinking and, and um, planning. And so 
I'll even just change my wording or how I give them instructions of what to do so that they feel better heard. They feel, you know, if we can put people through these filters of how they analyze and want to do things, it makes them feel more comfortable and open. And then they're more willing to do what I want them to do, right? Like, have you ever been to a practitioner? Sorry, I kind of segued a bit, but have you ever, I had this experience where all my friends go to this practitioner and they're raving about them. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm going to book to see this practitioner. And then you go. And I was like, that wasn't good. Like they were a good (laughs) practitioner, but I didn't feel heard. I don't feel like they gave me the right. Like I just didn't connect with the practitioner. Mm -hmm. And I remember learning, I must've been studying astrology at the time, realizing all my friends that had raved about this practitioner were all earth signs. Like they were all Virgos and Taurus. And they were like, it was best. And I was like, (laughs) and I'm, I'm like so dominant fire. It's crazy. And I was like, it just wasn't there for me, people. And that was a real And it's not to say I can't go see an earth practitioner. I just need to know they're going to give me all this practical stuff and step by step. And it's just more and just gives you this beautiful lens for how to help people or vice versa in a in a smoother way. You know, because really, Mm -hmm. when we go see people, it's about us motivating them and inspiring them. I'm using all these fire words to go and make some change, right? Yeah. To take care of themselves. And so I, yeah, I use it. I always am using it, I guess, even when they don't know. And mm-hmm. I can be super sciencey. I have people that have no idea. I mean, if you Google me, they'll have an idea, but you know, they have no idea what that I do this, but yeah. What other practitioners use this? I know you've worked, you've been on some podcasts um, in herbalism. Are there other people that will see their clients through the lens of astrology, especially in like the workshops that you teach? Um, oh, who else uses it? Psychologists. There's a lot of oh, brilliant yeah. astrologers slash, slash psychologists, psychotherapists, Um a lot. Like they're some of the best astrologers. Um, Jung, a lot of people don't realize Jung was a really active, you know, Carl Jung was a very yeah, active astrologer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, look, traditional Chinese medicine, I do know other acupuncturists that use Western okay. astrology as well as, yeah, and Ayurvedic um, practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something else. Oh, uh, um, well, like body movement, whether it's personal trainers, yoga, mm-hmm. again, some of the yoga stays more Eastern, but yeah, I was talking to a personal trainer the other day who trains people um, kind of through that. I guess I'm naturopathy, which is really for those that don't know, it's herbal medicine, nutrition, and homeopathy. Um, we're probably the biggest users of it. Who else does medical? Oh, I think that's about all. That's great. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. And there'll be more, right? I feel like more people are they're they're turning yeah. on this this cool, amazing tool that they can utilize. Yeah. And a lot of astrologers study medical astrology, but they kind of leave it. There's a controversy and not controversy in medical astrology. Um, but there's, you know, there's also that worry that if you're not a health practitioner of some type, should you be giving health advice? So when I teach medical astrology, there's always this whole area where it's like, okay, what can you safely coach people in depending on your qualification? And so we really look at that. But I've taught it to, oh my God, I've taught chiropractors, osteopaths, 
nurses, doctors. I have heaps of doctors I've, that I've, I've taught it to. I, mm. a, a, two years ago during COVID, I, I ran a medical astrology for health practitioners class. Cool. And um, I thought, you know, it's COVID. Who You know, I didn't realize how busy online classes would be at the time. Mm. And I thought I was going to get, you know, we'll get 30 or 40 people sign up. And I had 150 people oh my sign gosh. up. That's awesome. And there was literally every type of medical profession you could imagine. It was all, it was, the conversation was amazing because we had all these different levels of medical coming in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so encouraging to hear. Okay. I want for listeners to grasp a little bit of how you work with it, like how you work with the chart. What is it that, you know, just at a really basic level, the process, is it houses? Is it signs? Is it all the things, aspects? Like what do you look at? (laughs) I figured it was all of it. Yeah. Um, so, oh my gosh, what do I look at? So, so everybody, your listeners pretty much know what a a circular astrology chart looks like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. So the first, like the very first thing I do is I look at somebody's elemental makeup. So I look at the ratio of, you know, fire, earth, air, and water. Traditionally, you would have done this big calculation to get what are known as your temperaments sanguine, choleric, but I don't actually, that's an amazing system and I love it, but I stay to the elements rather than going into these deep calculations because I find, well, I won't explain why, but anyway, I do. So I look at the elements, what's really missing, what's really high. And I kind of, I'll have a conversation about that first. Um, But I look, especially sun, moon, ascendant, because they are still the key, you know, just like regular astrology, as I call things that are non-medical. you know, the sun is who you are. It's your vital energy. It's it's not where we tend to have a ton of ailments. M- most of us are pretty good at expressing our sun sign, um, but we can. It's body parts can have weaknesses there. Um, I look at the moon because it's not just emotions. It's our habit patterns. It's how we do our food. You know, the moon is connected to food and eating in the stomach and emotions and eating are so intertwined. So I'm very fascinated by what's going on with somebody's moon. And we we get ailments easily via our moon, right? It's more waning and receptive. And and um, and then I look at the ascendant because the ascendant actually rules our physical body. Mm-hmm. So it's the place your senator rising sign and the whole first house is your actual vessel. Like that's your physical, you experience planets for the physical there. It's it's kind of where usually our biggest weaknesses are. When planets transit the ascendant, there's often a bit of a trigger. Not always physically, things can be, you know, don't forget health is, I know you know this, but health is not just physical. It's mental, emotional, mm-hmm. it's spiritual. So, you know, just because you have a big thing coming up doesn't mean you're going to have, you know, some big issue on your physical body. It could be more on the emotional level or so. Yeah. I look at that. And then, so those are the the really big ones. I mean, I look at every planet, but um, the big thing I do is I get clients to tell me what is wrong with them. And Mm -hmm. that's like, I get them to fill out a bit of a form, but I need to know what health stuff are you really coming for? And, And people do come for readings where they're just like, tell me about me and my health. And that's fine. But medical astrology is not like, oh, well, you can do it this way, but I never would because I think it's ethically a bit scary. Um, 
I'm not going to predict what ailments right. you're going to have. Like I'm absolutely against that because of the power of thought and the mind. People are like, oh my God, I'm a Leo. It rules, you know, Leo rules the heart and by reflex, it rules circulation. It does not mean every Leo is going to have a heart attack. It's very, very rare, but you know, you don't want to premise that to somebody either. Right. And then they start creating something. So um, I'm a big fan of them telling me what the health problems are because that's what they want help with. And then I find where those issues are coming from in the chart, Mm -hmm. be they in the natal chart or by transit or progression or whatever, or we go back, you know, to the day somebody got sick and look at what the triggers were, because then that gives you the, you know, once I see where the problem's coming from, I then can go after that treatment wise, be it herbally, nutritionally, or you look at the house and the houses are all about, you know, the areas we experience things in our body. So, you know, I know if a problem is in the fifth house, yes, you can treat it physically. Sorry, there's like a monologue. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, the fifth house is about creativity and pleasure. And so you can look at those higher levels in astrology of like, are you not doing enough creatively? Do you need mm-hmm. to do more music and dancing or sex or, you know, whatever the fifth house, do mm-hmm. some great cooking with fire. So there's ways, there's layers of treatment you can bring on to relieve the pressure with the problem or with the planet rather than just treating the planet. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, it does. It, it gives some, I don't want to say validity, but like it gives some explanation to potentially what's happening and some yeah. levers to pull to yeah to heal. I mean, essentially, that's that's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, someone with a thyroid problem, I can change their diet. I can give them t- lots of nutrients. But say it was coming from the second house, the, the, the second house um has a thyroid thing. If I can get them out in the garden, in the dirt, walking on the grass, if you can get them doing more physical, you know, you know, woodworking or, but we need things to go to and be as well as treating, you know, just pouring in the natural therapies is great, but that's not treating on. If we really look at naturopathy on a holistic level, one of my favorite things about it, it was, we call it the holistic triad. We are treating all three parts of people, which is our physical, our emotional, our mental, well, and the fourth part would really be our spiritual. You know, health is a, is part of that four paradigm juggling act. Mm-hmm. And I think astrology just gives you instant ideas how to work on all four yes. levels. Yes. And that's what I love. I was just, I like, okay, I have a quick story of something that I discovered yeah, when yeah, I yeah. first took your course. And I was like, man, I need to, this, the course that I took was about the nodes and and I'd love to ask oh, yes. questions about that. But I want to go back to this rising mentality and how that's the physical body. So I thought back and I'm like, man, I'm an, I'm an Aries rising. I'm just like very Mar- Mars and Capricorn. Like we are a fire queen here. And when I was growing up, I was a really sick kid. And I would get hives all the time, all the time. Really oh, horrendous Oh, hives. my God. So Mars and Capricorn. Right. <laughs> and what I yeah. learned later is that I, my body was essentially allergic to infection. So, like, when I got the chickenpox, I got hives on top of the chickenpox. Like, it was just, like, the body's response to 
to infection was inflammation. And like learning this now as an astrologer, I'm like, that is so wild. That makes so much sense. And what I do now, you know, I, I'm able to combat that through my practices of of calming that fire, of bringing that yeah. down just a little bit. And so oh, I guess yeah. just a testament. This stuff is so cool. Oh, it's amazing. And and yeah, oh my God, that's so Aries rising to overreact at the beginning of a situation, you know, like the body is doing an over histamine reaction. Right, right. And then it's representing itself in Capricorn. For those that don't know, Capricorn rules the skin and the skeleton. And Mars also is inflammation and infection. And yeah, so that's just how I was on chicken pox. I was in like some medical journal or something. <laughs> Not a bit of good luck. But yeah, you poor little thing. Yeah, and, and it's just, you know, medical astrology shows where you know, where we have release from pressure point, it's a pressure point thing, right? And, you know, somebody else with an Aries rising, but, you know, Mars in, you know, I don't know, Mars in cancer Mm. is going to have all kinds of digestive trouble rather than skin trouble because cancer is the stomach and digestion and yeah. And so there's different ways. Yeah. There's all these beautiful ways. It just gives you these great hints as to why it's happening the way it is. And then I guess with treatment, it's just easier to go, okay, yeah, hives and chickenpox, we know we need cooling, but like at what level do we need that cooling? And and yeah, it's just such a medical astrology. It's still like I'm 30 years this year, by the end of this year, it'll be 30 years. And it still blows me away every time. The symbolic obviousness what's happening. You can't make this stuff up. No, you can't. For listeners that are excited and they're hearing about this for the first time, is it something that you think they can interpret on their own? Or would you suggest that they work with someone like you or someone that has the space? Oh, look, I think I think you can play at a beginning level with it mm-hmm. um, on your own. You know, read a book, watch some, you know, watch some podcasts. There's probably, you can probably watch 20 hours of podcasts from my website on medical astrology. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some podcasts out there on medical astrology as well. Not mine. I haven't done one yet, but books are amazing. I, I mean, teaching yourself the basics and then playing with it. Um, as long as you're not trying to treat anything serious, you know, don't, don't think this is the fix all to everything. This is, this is a lens to help you with things. It's not a cure-all or yeah. I mean, little court, you know, yes, you can have readings for your chart and have people talk about it, but there's a lot you can do on your own or take little courses on it. I think, I think both, it just depends how stuck somebody is with their health. If they want that reading or not. Yeah. I think there's a lot you can teach yourself. Where would you start? Would you start with that ascendant, looking at the physical body, understanding like the body parts that associate with that sign? Is that where you would? Yeah, I would try. I would start with learning all the body parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, go after. I would do sun, moon, and ascendant, and really have a look at those um, first, and just learn the action of each planet. You know, like Mars is inflammatory, mm-hmm. and Saturn is chronic, and on my um, on my website. Um, which I'm sure you'll have a link somewhere. You can actually download a really amazing table. I have it on my desktop. <laughs> it's so oh, good. I'm like, I don't think I usually have it within reach. I have this amazing table to download just if you sign up for the email for the you know emails, which don't come very often, I promise. Um, that will teach you all the body rulerships, 
and the organ rulership. It's a, just a great little table to start with. It's actually the table I created to teach myself medical astrology mm-hmm. 30 years ago. It's just morphed into something else now. So, and it does list herbs and foods. Please don't go just take those herbs. That's not how they're listed there for. You need to understand what you're doing, but it's a great place to start learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that that graph. And just again, for the understanding for people that don't know, each sign, each house coordinates with different body parts within, you know, our bodies. Yeah. And you can you can look at these. Yeah. Like, oh, this area yeah. coordinates with this. Yeah. Yeah. And um, people get a little bit confused. So the, the planets rule different like organs and actions and um, and they have rulership of body parts. The signs all have rulership of body parts. Like, you know, this is generalized, but Aries rules everything in the head, Taurus to the neck, Gemini down to the arms and hands. And so like it literally mm-hmm. follows the Zodiac down to Pisces in the feet. But then there's like the immune system and there's other things. And then there's the houses and the houses are like the pieces of pie in a, you know, in the natal chart for those that don't know houses well. But in medical astrology, there is an overlap between between signs and what house that they normally, what they're naturally ruled. Like Aries naturally rules the first house, Taurus, the second, Gemini, the third. It goes around what they traditionally rule. There's this overlap of body part rulerships from sign to their original house. In regular astrology, Everybody hates that. There's this huge thing that's where everyone's like, oh, that's cookie cutter astrology. Sign does not equal house, does not equal planet. Absolutely correct. Houses are very different. But in medical astrology, there is a crossover rulership. And all medical astrologers agree to that. Okay, so you're saying first house and Aries are both, we think, of head. Yeah, think of the head. head, um, It's also the adrenals. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see it on the chart. Oh, you've seen it on the so chart. So you can look to uh, both of those things to understand. Yeah. Okay. I'm having yeah. a lot of headaches. I might look at my first house or I might also look at where Aries is in my chart. Yeah. Or, look okay. at, you know, headaches is about inflammation and pain. So look for Mars, Mars, right? It can be coming from any of those things or, you know, headaches could be coming from Mars square, the moon, but it that's because of some food you're eating is triggering mm. a react, you know, like there's ways to look at it. So, you know, we do, we look at signs, we look at, um, you know, what planets are in what sign we look at, you know, what houses those sit in. And we do also look at aspects. I haven't talked to you, which are the lines mm. between all the planets, how they communicate. Um, yeah, I'm really focused on the houses. I didn't mean to be, but I just find through all my years so much happens because of the houses and their rulership. So I'm actually three quarters of the way done writing a book on the houses in medical Ooh, school. Yeah. yeah. What house system do you use? Oh, good question. That's pretty controversial. <laughs> right? Or maybe like a few, um, few of them. Yeah, no, I do. I use multiple house systems. So I use Placidus, but I will also use whole sign. Yeah. Um, and every now and then if Placidus isn't working for me, I'll one of the traditional medical um, houses to use is Regio Montanus. So mm. I kind of flick between, but I always start with Placidus, but then I have a peak over in whole sign. But I find 90% of the time I can find what's going on in Placidus. So. Okay. 
Yeah. But yeah, I'm not throwing out whole sign by any means. And I know a lot of people are really focused on whole sign. What do you use? I use whole sign because I yeah. I like for people to be able to look at it themselves to be able to yeah. apply certain ideas. So I work with a lot of just everyday self-care practices, what people can pull out of their chart for things to do on a daily basis. Yeah. And that actually leads me to my next question around the sixth house. And I and I hear you talking about it and how might someone utilize their sixth house for well-being, for wellness? Yeah. Like what would they do with that? The sixth house the general rulership is service to others, hard work. Uh it's about routine. It rules daily life. You know, it's it's a boring, <laughs> not boring, <laughs> it's an amazing house, but it's like, it's a hard work house. Like it's not an easy, jovial house. It's, you got to put the work in there and yeah. it's naturally ruled by Virgo, which is very detail oriented and it's an earth house. It's about the physical. So in traditional medical astrology, the sixth house is the house of disease or illness. So we always have to look at that like when I was saying things that I look at, I also look at, I should have said, I look at the sixth house and the state of what's going on there, but I've seen the ailments come from every house. You know, as much as everyone gets scared about the sixth house, I've seen plenty of problems come from other houses. So the sixth house is where we got to get down and do some work. And, you know, health is a lot of work. You know, it's why it's so hard. And it's why we're having such a health crisis in the modern world is health is boring and hard work. Like it feels great when we get it going. But, you know, what you eat on a daily basis, how you move on a daily basis, how we process our stress into our body. So I use the sixth house for how am I going to get this person to be routined? Mm -hmm. How can I? I think my favorite thing to say to people is you need to turn your health into a sacred ritual because routine is boring. Sacred ritual sounds a lot Absolutely. better. Like you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I can handle that. So it's where we need to be detailed to take care of ourselves. And um, so that's how I, I use the sixth house very much like that. You know, it's it the cusp of the sixth house and its ruling planet also often give us really great ideas as to food and diet styles the person needs to be looking at. You need to combine that with their moon. Um, I look at any planets in there, you know, planets in the six, you have to dance with in regards to your health. So if somebody does have planets in the six, not a problem, but how do I keep these planets happy and mm-hmm. being heard? You know, my thing is the plant, every planet wants to be heard in your chart. You know, if you think of your, if you think of your natal chart as like a classroom of kids, Every kid, yes, I got to work as a group, but every kid wants to be heard. It wants to get up and do its little show and tell. And, you know, this is me. And the kids that cause problems in classes are the ones that feel unheard. You know, the little ruckus in the back of the class, the little naughty kid in the back of the class just wants attention. Mm -hmm. And so my thing is in a natal chart, if a planet starts asking for attention, it wants its little, like an orchestra it wants it solo. So we need to go pay attention to each of the planets. And if a planet is arcing up and causing trouble, we need to give it more love, be it take it out, go do something. How does it want to be expressed? You know, we're, we're uncomfortable with parts of our chart. Part, you know, we're, I've never done a read or been to a read where it's, it's, we don't have that idea of, oh, I'm a bit uncomfortable. Oh, that part of my chart's a little bit awkward. And so we tend to ignore it. And that's the part, that's the little kid that's going to arc up and ask for help. Mm-hmm. When you that say like a, 
a planet is acting up or it's flaring up, is that a transit then that you're looking at? Or is it that just like a, a natal marker? Um, I'm talking about a natal marker, just okay. a planet feeling unloved, unheard. Mm-hmm. It might be a transit that really brings it to the surface. Got it. Um, but, you know, we, you with your natal chart, we just naturally have weak spots and spots that cause us problems. It doesn't actually, it doesn't have to be a transit triggering it, but mm-hmm. often it will be. But that said, we have transits to every planet every month without having problems, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What's your, I didn't put this on your questions. I hope it's, it's okay. okay. I like, I, it's, I'm good. I don't practice. <laughs> you know answers, what you're talking about. So I'm not yeah, yeah. I can make up anything. I promise. <laughs> I believe you. I'd, I'd believe anything you say. <laughs> um, what's your your take on the Saturn and Pisces? Maybe it doesn't apply in that way, but what's your thoughts on on this big transit? Like, I don't, I don't do a lot of writing on the big transits and what that's going to represent medically. But you know, we do. Hmm. Actually, haven't written on that at all. Um, let's go through it. You know, Saturn is about bringing form and structure. Uh, it does restrict. It can cause um, slowing, underfunctioning. It can cause crystallization, um, but it can also bring hard work, like it, in a good way. It can mm-hmm. bring, you know, bringing in form and structure. It's like let's get down and dirty and let's get onto this. Like Saturn is, you know, people get so afraid of Saturn. Saturn going through the six, there's an incredible time to work on weight loss because you'll actually stick to it, right? Mm. And it's like, oh, I'll actually do this. I've got great structure and boundaries. Um, And Pisces is, well, collective unconscious on that bigger level, but Pisces is our immune system. Mm -hmm. It's our feet. So how we walk our path. Um, but it's feet, uh, sorry, it's immune system, it's lymphatics. So it's, it's going to be, I think there's just, ooh, medically, well, I mean, we've just been through COVID, but I, I think now we're seeing what the last couple of years, how it's rewired our, our immune systems and what yes. are we going to have to do with it? Like, I think we're going to have a lot more understanding I do worry about chronic COVID like long COVID you know how people are starting to move into what's called you say that long COVID over in the U.S. right yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm worried for that because Saturn is about chronic ailments long-term ailments and so I think we're gonna stop seeing that acute issues you know we're pretty much over that but we're now moving in what are the long-term issues that's done with our immune system and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think, yes, we're not all running around having to be scared all the time, but now we're having to get down to the hard work of what's happened to our immune systems. Or we were talking before you um, turned on record, you know, our immune systems are having to play catch up. Yeah. So I, you know, I think it's not, it's not like we have to be vigilant of germs because that's not what it is. But I think now we're left with how do I sort out and placate our my immune system over the next couple of years? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Thanks for answering that. Yeah. <laughs> so, if someone was looking at medical astrology and they're they're seeing some weaknesses, or they're seeing some challenges or some some nurturing, 
and they're honing in and they want to hone in some of those self-care wellness routines. We talked sixth house. Is there any other places that you would look for some of these like everyday ongoing self-care that we can do to keep ourselves well? Where would you look? I look to the ascendant. Okay. Because the the ascendant, you know, the ascendant can be such a great, you know, it is the doorway to the chart. It's the physical body. The first house rules the adrenals and we are all running around, you know, hypervigilant, overstressed. So, you know, that first, the ascendant, you know, in regular astrology, everyone talks about the ascendant. Oh, that's the filter you put things through. It's the mask that you wear that the world sees. The way I see the ascendant is that's also like, that's our shield. Like if we had to go into battle to preserve our body, our shield is the ascendant. So it's constantly getting bombarded. And so I would look to what is your, you know, what sign is your ascendant and how does that need to be nourished? You know, um, not just on the physical level, but on more of a metaphorical I almost combined two words there. It was a bit messy. Um, (laughs) um, If you have an earth ascendant, make sure you're getting yourself outside and earthing, grounding, doing something physical, nourishing for the body. Um, if it's fire, it's about going and doing things, you know, taking yeah. action, doing some sport. Not that we don't all need earthing and sport, but, you know, if you've got air there, your nervous system is just hyper responsive. And it's not just about supporting the adrenals. It's nourishing that nervous system. And and if it's water, making sure your fluids are right, looking at your lymphatic system, making sure, you know, supporting yourself emotionally. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's such a great point to be able to make us feel better. And, you know, it doesn't all have to be medicines. It's going, I was suggesting all these things that are going and doing, Yeah. Um, you know, taking care of yourself on all those levels rather than just the physical, mm-hmm. but through that first ha- first house. I admittedly didn't really use the first house for a long time, really, until I started oh, really? learning about your, I mean, for for like birth chart, yes, but not necessarily in looking at self-care practices. And it, I, it's been so helpful to use that in, yeah. in the like, yeah, just like a really like physical body, like on that day to day. I love that as another tool. What about the lunar nodes? You've talked about that before. How do they play into our puzzle? <laughs> Yeah. So the lunar nodes are also point. I mean, we need to pay attention to every point, but we talk about the lunar nodes. And again, this goes more back to Joytish astrology. I think where most of our information from this comes from, but the North node is kind of where we bring energy in. It's like what we're transmitting in through our body. It's how we take in energy and, and that's great, but we can kind of blow ourselves out, almost taking in too much energy through mm-hmm. that North node as well, but it's where we pull in energy. Whereas the South node is like where we lose energy. We're draining energy from the South node. I, I think of it as like a bucket with holes in it. And so always working on the nodes, I think is huge. And that's a, it's a much more spiritual thing, um, right. working with the journey. <laughs> And I, you know, I will often get clients to focus on that because, but but they can be um, physical. They can trigger physical ailments, especially the South node by transit. When your South node gets transited, it can trigger um, health stuff, big or little. Um, It can trigger also awareness of why or what to do about a health thing that you already have. So don't think 
if you already have a bunch of help stuff, another transit to that node is going to be even more. It can actually be like an enlightenment, enlightenment yeah. of what to go do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but look at where the nodes are because you do. You have a lot of energy about those two signs going on from if you're into past lives, what you've you know brought in, and learning to express and balance those nodes. I think is a really important. It's just an important seesaw of taking care of yourself. So it is another area that people can absolutely focus on. And again, there's incredible books on the nodes for like what it's about mentally, emotionally. And by working on the mental, emotional, you're automatically working on the physical. So absolutely. Yeah. I do watch them. They're not, they're not one of my top five things okay. that I focus on, I would say like, don't, you know, people are like, Oh my God, no, I need to do this. And I need, don't overwhelm yourself mm-hmm. little bits at a time. Um, but yeah, the nodes are pretty fascinating and mm. collectively, like you talking about, you know, Saturn moving into Pisces collectively looking at where the nodes are is really interesting. Cause I do see that what we're pulling in, what we're needing to detox and get rid of, it's fascinating to look at. Yes. Nodes, yeah. Know? I'm a Libra Aries, Aries North node over here. So it's going to be a big year. And I've been thinking about this a lot, this like dance of the we and the me for so many people and how that manifests through our everyday practices and the things that we can do. And this idea of self-care is being like so integral for many of us. It's going to be, it's going to yes. be a good thing. It's going to be a journey. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it is. And it's that it's the reckoning of the last couple years of, right we're now getting back into society. We're now getting back into more regular life, depending on what country you're in. I mean, it's going for quite a while now, but, but we do still need to take care of the me, you know, the Aries, the me versus the, and finding where those, you know, it was easy to have lots of boundaries when we were all at home in some ways, not with your family, but um, (laughs) so um, yeah, I think people are really, trying to figure out that that balance of I yeah agree. I like that the we and the me yeah <laughs> I'm also an Aries north node so. are you Ooh. Yeah. yeah you must be born the cycle after me I love it it's a big year for us <laughs> it is it is a big year and you know this is the year to look at your adrenals this right. is the year you know for everybody you know with the nodes going into you know we, it's going to feel like all of a sudden we have a lot more energy in some ways. When then those, oh. you know, Taurus is physical and slow and, and then we're going to move to North Node to Aries and we're pulling this in and we're all probably going to blow out our circuits. I know. But, I keep telling people like, slow your roll. Like it's good, but also like, don't overblow yourself. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And nourish the adrenals now before mm-hmm. we hit this, because it's going to be at that next level. And again, finding that balance. And if you look at Libra rules, everything with balance, you know, fluid balance in the body, hormone balance, which is really interesting. If you look at over pushing the adrenals, how we can throw out our hormones, right? Taurus has some thyroid, but Libra has some thyroid stuff because of the Venus rulership. And um, I think it's a great couple years to be focusing on what we call your HPA and HPO acts hypothalamic pituitary adrenal or hypothalamic pituitary ovarian or gonadal axis. So I think it's, it's a lot about our endocrine glands and how what's connected to what and how to nourish it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
How do you yeah. nourish adrenals? How does someone do that? You don't drink five cups of coffee a day. Okay. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so being cautious with how much caffeine you're doing, you know, using other things like the medicinal, everyone's really into mushrooms at the moment or matcha tea, you know, using green tea, watching your sugar, hmm, adrenals, sugar intake. I just, I just said adrenal sugar. Your sugar or caffeine intake okay. <laughs> kind of pumps those adrenals. Um, you know, foods really high in your, your B vitamins, your magnesium, uh, you know, B5 and B6 are amazing for the adrenals. And again, don't just go out and buy these things. Talk to someone about what you need, right. but um, magnesium, amazing for the adrenals. I mean, when we talk adrenals, we also have to talk nervous system because they're, well, right. everything's connected. Right. So just not jamming up that nervous system and yeah, calming, calming everything down. So yoga, <laughs> right? Yes. Yoga, breathing exercises, mm. you know, vagal nerve, you know, we've got that fight, flight, digest, relax part to our nervous system. So it's called the, sorry, the autonomic nervous system, which is parasympathetic to sympathetic, parasympathetic, digest, relax, sympathetic, hype up, fight, flight, got to run away. I know you know this, but, um, and that is a balancing act, how those get triggered or not. And so, um, yeah, working on that vagal nerve tone, better stress response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's okay. a lot we should be doing. I mean, I think we should always be doing all of that anyway, but yeah, the adrenals are going to be a bigger thing. I like that. Because have we been living in a stress response for the last couple of years? We've been living pretty oh wired up mm -hmm. in fear. And so where do we, I think it's going to be beautiful with the notes coming in. How do we find that balance? Yeah. How do we let go of some of that stress response and um, relax? Take down that cortisol just a little. We could all unify that. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people forget I'm going to say this because so many people are, I'm going into nutrition. Everybody's carb phobic, right? Like carbohydrate oh, yeah. phobic. Everyone's scared to eat their carbs. One of the best ways to turn cortisol down is eating carbohydrates. Nourish yourself. Yes. And people don't know that. So there's that. I'm not saying go out and eat, you know, a whole baguette, but there's, you know, slow nourishing and, you know, grounding root veggies and, and yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good reminder. What do you yeah. do? What are your self-care practices? Oh, what don't I do? <laughs> you like um, me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, self-care is waking up and having half an hour to myself before family wakes up. That's like a vital thing for me. Um, self-care. I'm always on supplements. I'm always on herbs. It changes all the time depending on what's going on. Self-care is exercise. I have to move or I feel terrible. Um, but self-care is being too tired and not moving. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Yoga or Pilates at least once to twice a week. I go to acupuncture almost every week. I probably get a massage every two weeks. Um, I'm pretty good at self-care. Yes. I love um, reading. Oh. I have Pisces rising. I sit in the bath and I read for like an hour at a time. <laughs> what a dream. Yeah. yeah. And you're not allowed to walk in the bathroom while I'm in the bath. Like it needs to be a freaking emergency for someone to come have a chat to me while I'm in the bath. 
every now and then my husband like wanders in and starts to talk and I'm like this is not talking time get out get out as a reader are you are you on tries to come have a chat all the time (laughs) he wants to connect he's like (laughs) yeah I'm like go away Aries we're Aries Libra right so I'm like this is me time are you an Aries son yeah okay yeah the fire yeah uh, as a reader, are you a fan of like book talk? Do you go on TikTok to find book recommendations? Because that's been a new find of mine and I'm obsessed. I've never done that. Oh my oh, gosh. No. What, so oh, no. much. It's What do they do? Are they doing just, like summaries of books or just? Yeah. Well, they'll like say like, if you liked this book, here's break, read this one, this one, this one. I just feel like it's such a rabbit hole for those of us like are big readers. And I feel like more and oh, more people no. are excited to share what they're reading and they're not embarrassed about the funny stuff that they're reading. And it's like. It's a rabbit hole. It's a good thing. <laughs> I love as you get older. I mean, I'm so I'm 53. And I love as you get older how there's just no shame in whatever you're reading. Talking no. to friends. I love no. it. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you want smut this week? I read a lot of smut. <laughs> oh, I think everybody does. All, all women do, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh, books. Books are the best. Books are incredible self-care. I agree. I, I find it interesting to look at, I'm getting philosophical here, different years of what you read different years. Like I have years where I read all fiction besides what I have to read for work. And then other years, like last year, I completely failed at reading fiction and I read all nonfiction and I kept mm-hmm. trying to read fiction and I couldn't do it. It's interesting to That's look right. at. Ebbs and flows. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And it's such a relief when you find an awesome book. Yeah, mm. I agree. That's yeah. What are you topic. reading right now? Oh my gosh, I talk about not being Off embarrassed. Topic, but I want to know. Definitely Definitely. like so book talk, of course. I like I like smut. I do like it cuz I'm I'm in like kid world all the time. And so getting out of, you know, speaking to little kids and like thinking in this very just different way is great. And so Book Talk told me to read these this series, A Court of, I think it's called A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is like fantasy, which oh, I'm like heard what? Of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. fantasy smut. To tell you, I've been reading late, so late for the last couple of weeks in the middle of the night because it's so good. It like pulls you in. Yeah. I'm loving yeah. it. And I would never have like even thought about it had I not that blown up on my TikTok. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my gosh, Kira, you are just so I'm a wealth of knowledge. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks for taking the time. And I hope listeners find their your their way to you. And when your book is out, please let me know. I want to share it all. I'm sure I'll know. I'll watch for it. I'll tell the world. And can you just tell listeners where they can find you? Sure. So um, I am my astrology website is astrologyofhealth.com. I'm the same on Instagram and Facebook. If anyone's still on Facebook, I never know. Um, So yeah, that's where to find me. Um, Hopefully a YouTube channel soon. We were just talking about that before, but I just haven't, I'm trying to write a book. So yeah, I am writing a book. I need to change that phrasing. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. And there's tons of other podcasts to listen to um, if you've come through your podcast. So yeah, lots of free, what I'm trying to say is lots of free info on my site. So that's where you find me. If you just want my naturopathy side, which is naturopathy and sports nutrition, because you've decided with Aries North Node happening, you're going to run an ultra. <laughs> um, it's kirasutherland.com.au. Um, or my Instagram there is actually uberhealth, all one word. 
U-B-E-R-H-E-A-L-T-H. And that's been my business name for naturopathy for 25 years, long before Uber showed up. Fair, fair, fair. Awesome. So Mm. you still work one-on-one with clients? I do. I'm on sabbatical from clients uh, probably until the middle of this year. I thought I was taking three months off of clients and it's probably going to be four to five months at this point. Just I need to write. Yes. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh God, it was awesome. Ashley, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Kira for this awesome interview. You can follow her on Instagram at Astrology of Health and you can follow us at Yoga Magic Podcast. I'll see you all next week.